You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive Scottish football content. Hi folks and welcome to the latest episode of the SM Media Scottish Football Show. I'm Scott McPike, it's an absolute pleasure to be your host as always. Join me this week, we've got a good panel this week. I'm delighted to be joined by Greg Browning. Greg, it's a pleasure to welcome you on to the show, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me mate. Absolute pleasure, yeah, looking forward to it. And we're also joined by making his debut appearance as well, Michael McEwen. Michael, welcome on, it's a pleasure to have you. Yeah, yeah, nice to be here, thanks for asking me on, Scott. Um, Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Looking forward to it. We obviously have a, a full list to look forward to. Six games in the Premiership. And we'll dig into the full the three leagues in the SPFL as well. We have to start, and I kind of don't want to spend too much time on this, but we obviously have to talk about the minute silences that have been kind of disrespected over the past few days. We, we do not want to get into political things and things like that, but one thing I will say, and this, isn't, this is just me speaking in my personal opinion, if you disrespect a minute silence, I think there's something wrong with you. So it's kind of tough. Obviously, we don't want to get into the, the situation too deep because it is bad and it's shed a bad light in Scottish football. And that's the thing that bugs me is that I'm not particularly surprised that this has happened. Like, I think it's, I knew this was coming. Greg, is there anything you want to add to it? I know it's a difficult situation to touch on and it's, we've saw in the past week, if you have an opinion on Twitter, you're quickly shot down. So we'll be brief on it, but it's not been a good look this week for Scottish football, I would say. No, it's not. It's, it's quite fascinating how some clubs have adopted the minute silence, other clubs adopted the, the minute applause. Yeah. I think you're always going to get it worse doing a minute silence. I think doing a minute applause keeps it a little bit tidier. I know Celtic fans tried their best today to um, get involved with that as well, but I think a minute applause should have been the rule set across the board. I'm not sure why it was a decision to, you could pick what you wanted to do. The thing is, the minute silence has happened all over Britain and there's not been an issue. It's only Scottish football. And as I said at the start, I'm not overly surprised because I just I knew this was... That's why it was a minute of pause because everybody knew that a minute silence would be disrespected. So, Michael, yeah, you want to add because it's, as we say, it's not something that's you're going to have... You're going to have people shooting you down anyway. So, what do you think? What's your overall thoughts on it? Same old, same old... Uh, story, Scott, very embarrassing. And don't forget, you've got a minute silence coming up in November for the member on Sunday as well. Um, uh, as well, we, look, we, we always knew something was going to happen this weekend. Um, uh, to, you know, totally embarrassing. But I mean, if you don't want to respect the minute silence, there's an easy thing to do. Don't go into the game until the minute silence is over. I mean, if you can't really. Um, sharp for um, was it sixty seconds? You, you know, got got help us all. You know, I mean, we're not asking for much. You know, and I know this is a football podcast, and but you know, if you don't believe in monarchy, that that's fine. But don't uh, you know? It's only sixty seconds. It's not a big, it's not a big hardship. You know, uh, yeah. totally embarrassing. Yeah, I totally agree. I think yeah, I think you you're pretty much you're pretty much right. If if you don't want to. If you don't want to be involved in it, wait until stand outside, stand in the 
the concourse until the game starts. Just and that's the thing. It's just there's so there's so much wrong with that. And again, it's just something that you're not gonna you're always gonna have problems if you you speak about it. But I think we we had to. I think there's a lot going on in Scottish football at the moment. I think I'm I'm not overly surprised as I say it's it's one of these bad things. But again, we'll get into what we're here to talk about, which is football. Six games over the weekend. We will start with the two games that kicked off on Sunday. We're recording this on Sunday night. The first game is at St Mirren Park. St Mirren 2, Celtic 0. Celtic's unbeaten run in the Premiership for just, I think it was just exactly a year. I think it was 364 days came to an end today. St Mirren, a very disciplined St Mirren performance. Greg, from a St Mirren point of view, they did everything right. They were the man marked. They were totally organised. They knew what they were doing. They had a game plan. They frustrated Celtic. Celtic couldn't get anything going, and St Mirren did thoroughly deserved a victory. Absolutely, they'll be delighted, especially after losing three 0 in Perth two weeks ago. They were really kind of feared today against a rampant Celtic side who have defeated all before them. As you say, obviously year to the day, year to the day tomorrow it will be yeah. since he last lost at Livingston. In that time, I think it was thirty-seven games played in the league, 31 wins and six draws. Not bad decent going. Yeah, it's but for them to take the lead and to then score a second goal, though, is tremendous. Yeah. And it's great to see the Rangers and Celtic losing games. They won't lose many games this season, but it keeps it interesting and it, it brings Rangers right back into the mix now in terms of how far behind they were. And they've, they've shortened the gap. But a massive, massive win for St. Martin, and they'll be absolutely delighted. Yeah. Michael, we've spoken this show nearly every week about just how ruthless Celtic are. They're so quiet. They're going forward. They've got you saw that today it was it wasn't a, a usual Celtic performance. There was a lot of changes that I think played a part. We'll talk about that in a second, but it wasn't the Celtic we've seen this season. And why do you think that was? Yeah, we we've all come on to speak about the, the changes. People say get upset the team. I'm not very sure to be honest. Um, you know, Celtic has got calibre right through the squad, so I'm not so sure. Maybe six is a bit over the top, but I don't know, Scott. I mean, you know, the, the, the game was on for like 20 minutes and Celtic never really got going, and that was the, the story for the whole game. In fact, they could get Scalby playing tonight and, and Skull no score. Um, I mean, you know, we had to wait until what was it, 82 minutes for Jota. To have a shot goal, and that was Celtic first goal in the attempt at goal. Very disappointing for, for Celtic, but on the other hand, you've got to say, well done to, to St Mirren as well. Yeah, absolutely. I thought St Mirren were excellent. I thought, as we, as we say, the man marked that they, they were completely, they gave Celtic no opportunity to get going, which I think is key to stopping the Celtic team. Greg, Celtic, we spoke there about obviously the changes they made, six changes, and we've they do have a lot of squad depth. We spoke about that a lot, but there's a, there comes a point when you can make too many changes and it disrupts your harmony, your squad. And I think after, especially after a tough week where they've obviously went to Poland and got a draw, they've had to obviously kind of use that squad a wee bit today. And it was you could see it was a bit. It wasn't the same. There was a bit of a difference. And I, I've I've said before, I think Cameron and Carter Vickers is a huge player on that self-defence and I thought it was badly missed today because both goals are headers and I think that's been, I think Carter Vickers has been the main man basically stopping these crosses coming in because 
a lot of the time it's Carter Vickers that is there putting the putting his head in it and getting that away. And today, I, th- I think that's the only ever time we'll see Moritz Jens and Stephen Wells as a partnership. Yeah, I think I feel it's hard for Ange Postecoglou because he's made a decision to make the changes, and if they get a result, he's a hero. Well done. Yeah. We've u- utilised the squad, but whenever you do that at any club, especially South Africa Rangers, and you rotate and don't get a result, then question marks are asked. There's probably quite a lot of Celtic fans tonight who are a bit pissed off probably that he's made those changes. Rangers have cut the gap by a further two points today in a match where the people that have come in should still be good enough and that's why he's made the changes. They've got a very good squad, Celtic. They've got depth in that squad but as you said, today it's not quite happened for them and they've paid the price. Yep. I think they have played, paid the price. Michael, yeah, and you want to add about the, the game before we talk, move in the, the other game on Sunday? Yeah, no, I, I think they hit the nail on the head there, but it gets to, gets to expanding is what I was saying earlier on. I mean, OK, six was a bit much, um, but however, Celtic's got the squogging depth to to basically win that game. No gets suspect to St Mullen. Um, Carter Vickers was a big miss. Scarfield was a big miss as well um, because, um, you know, they've kind of... Scarfield got a good partnership, you would say, in the, in the past season or two. Um, but, no, nothing really get going for Celtic today. And I must say, well, well done to my, my pal Mark Ahada. He, he scored a goal. And um, I've yet to speak about Mark, uh, to, to Mark after, after scoring that goal. But listen, I mean, that's him scored against once, against Celtic, and twice against Rangers now. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was at Dundee, and a, a blown goal that he scored for the first goal, he got out well. And don't forget that he nearly scored a second goal in the second half as well. Yeah, I think it's a really good game, actually. Stood out there. The boy are younger, should it? Should, should. Stood out last week as well. I thought he was excellent the whole game. But massive win for St Marin. I think the I think the with the when Rangers and Celtic both lose a game, I think we've seen it with Rangers in the past couple of weeks. The patch what's come out very quickly. I don't think it's that I don't think it's that bad. I think there's just a I think it'll take I think the international breaks came at a good time for Celtic. They can refresh. They've obviously had a busy couple of weeks and we'll see how it goes from there. But I think obviously massive win for St Marin. Michael, we'll touch on you for the next game. Motherwell now Hearts 3. Lauren Shankland with the first and then Alan Forrest with a double. You would think this was a one-way game, but by reports, and I haven't seen much of it, that Hearts were Hearts were very... It wasn't as comfortable, maybe, as the result suggested, but a big one for Hearts, obviously, after, and caps off a really good week. Yeah, no, I, I was actually watching the game today because um, when, when the show was on, um, sort of when the game was on, I do a regular show as well. Um, but yeah, I, I was kind of the end to end. Um, I've got to say, what was what was the moral goalkeeper doing for the first cast goal? It was a, um, you know, we've not seen that yet, yet you know, Conde of, of others as well. Um, this capped off a, a good win for Hearts. Um, so that a good win and a good week for Hearts. And maybe in the next couple of weeks, you know, I, I kind of tip Karski Finley off in third place this season. Going by the last couple of weeks, maybe not. But now that they've got um, Snowgrass, what is a good signing as well. Alan Forrest scored twice and he's, a, he's actually 
in Scotland goal for fun at the moment because like, I remember watching Livingston last season and all the scoring goals we can make out. So that's a good thing as well. And obviously you've got the the young or or maybe not young, but Craig Gordon. I mean he he made a brilliant save to get well. So yeah, good good win for Hearts. Absolutely, yeah, big one for Hearts. Motherwell, Greg, I would say from what I've seen, I would say they were pretty much like your team that we'll touch on later on they, they create the chances and they just didn't finish them and I think Craig Gordon was very, was a big part of that but Motherwell will be looking to to get Louis Moulton and I know he's he's going to be key I think going forward, I think they need him but again, one of those games I would say where maybe the score line was a bit more than it was a bit kind of flattering to hearts I would say Yeah, I think so, I've not seen the highlights yet but I think from from Motherwell at home to lose three 0 to a side who've just travelled back from Latvia on Thursday night. Obviously, they've had a week to prepare for this game, Motherwell. To lose three 0 I would say the uh, honeymoon period is over for Stevie Hamill. Obviously, a really good start as a caretaker. They beat Aberdeen, they beat Livingston at home one 0 But since then, they've, they've failed to win. Um, not not a great result today for Motherwell. I just think for them. These are the sort of home games against sides playing in Europe. You're trying to get something from. But touching on touching on Hearts, as Vic was saying, it's a massive, massive week for them this week. They've they, before Thursday night they've lost six of their last seven games. Yeah. Not saying that Robin Nielsen was under pressure, but had they got a, a poor result in Latvia on Thursday and lost today, there would have been an outcry amongst the Hearts fans. So he's put that to bed, and I think Robin Nielsen will be just chuffed to get through this week. Two wins, two clean sheets, and they can then move on to have a little last little break and come back fresh from that. But in terms of Motherwell, another side who are going to be struggling. I've tipped Motherwell to finish bottom six this season. There's no way they'll be anywhere near top six this season, Motherwell. Not a chance. Do you think so? No, not a chance. I just think you've got Rangers, Celtic, Aberdeen, Hearts at least. Hibs are coming onto a game now. And I just think one of the other clubs will be better than uh, Motherwell. So fully expect Motherwell to be finishing the bottom six this year alongside St Johnston. Ross County, um, Dundee United possibly. It's going to be a fascinating season in that bottom six anyway, that's for sure. Yeah, and we'll touch on obviously a few of the teams later on, but we'll go to Ibrooks for the, the four games in Saturday. We'll start at Ibrooks. Rangers 2, Dundee United 1. Greg, a Rangers team badly in need of a win for more confidence more than anything else. And I've just wrote down a few things that I want to get you can, you'll give me your thoughts obviously, but Rangers' first 10 minutes were electric. I thought they were. Uh, you saw a bit more of that kind of zip that, were, that we've been missing the past few weeks, I would say. Like, we've not seen much for that Rangers team, but you look at Cholak and obviously his two goals and their two amazing first-touch finishes that I think Rangers really need. I think Rangers have been lacking that for a couple of years, but it was just slow and lethargic from then on in. There was just nothing going forward. And the United were probably raging. They didn't get something out of it. It was just Rangers... Flat and when it's flat and you're you're winning right, okay, you're getting points. But when you're flat and it's it's four games in a row and you've not seen much apart from Cholak coming in and scoring first touch goals, it's it suggests that maybe all is not well at Ibrox. He's been a pretty decent signing to be fair. Cholak this season, he's he's done well. He's scoring goals. I think Rangers fans tonight will be will just be happy the weekend's out the way. Yeah, having when Celtic losing, but I don't think Rangers fans are very happy uh, full-time on, on Saturday. No, they don't. Why? 2-0 up early doors, and that, that was it, really. 
I think at home this season, they've been pretty dominant Rangers at home. They've won 4-0, 4-0, I think 3-0 and 2-0. I was fully expecting a pretty comfortable home win on Saturday. It didn't really pan out that way. And I guess you have to give credit to United. They've obviously had a really tough season so far, but they've steadied the ship since Jack Ross left, and you probably have to fear for them going to Ibrox 2-0 down the early doors. But to come back into 2-1 and make a game of it, fair play to United, and they'll take confidence from that, I think, moving on after the international break. Yeah. Michael, Rangers' team selection's been a, a talking point for the past couple of weeks, and I've spoke to a lot of people about it, and again on Saturday, you were looking at it and going, what is going on here? You've got Ryan Jack, John Lundstrom, Charlie McCann came in. I thought Charlie McCann did okay, but you've got, you're at home at Dundee United and you're playing three midfielders doing the same job. You've got Scott Arfield playing in right midfield. Ryan Kent, who is way out of form, is still there. And it's just, it's not, it's weird. And it's, again, we've spoken about recruitment so much in the past few weeks, but it's, a, it's just this thing of, and we spoke about it, there's this thing with Rangers of just play it safe. Don't, just get the one, get the three points. It doesn't matter how slow it is. And Turgid, just get the points. It was lethargic. I didn't see much that makes me think, right, this Rangers team have improved. This Rangers team have picked up in the past week. It was a, a big three points. And as Greg says, it's, it's the two, the three points closer to Celtic than they were on Saturday and Friday. But it still reeks of there's some kind of, there's a bit of unrest among the support, I would say, at the present moment. We were talking about Celtic, they have been a bit awful today. Um, but, I, you know, um, I still think Celtic will win the league this season. I know it's quite early for me to say that. But you can tell the differences on the benches um, in terms of last week's game against the, the European game at Ibrox that they brought on now the boy's name escapes me. Um and they were fleeing all down, but anyway, he came on as well. But to compare that to the Celtic bench, right, they've got Tumble and they've got Forrest and, and players like that. Players that's been been and done it and seen it basically. Um, I would watch when Van Bronckhorst's um, press conference before the, the Napoli game, and they were asking him about, um, were you not um, concerned about? Saw the um the Ajax game and they were asking them why you're not concerned about how, how they never sang in bug in the last day. And right away he said, Nope, and that that was it. And as soon as he answered that question, um I was like, oh, oh there's a there's alarm bells going off at Ibrox. Um so I think that's yeah, you yeah, know, I, I think that's the difference at, at the moment. And I, I know Van Bronco says after the game yesterday, a decent performance and a decent win. I don't think it was a decent performance. I think it was a decent win. But the fan, uh, you know, if, if you listen to some of the fans on social media, they weren't happy with their performance. And I mean, Dundee and Nike got had a few shots to go, uh, the highlights that I saw as well, you know. The thing with Rangers is that, and I think you're right. I think, but what do, what is when Van Bronckhorst is asked, "Are you happy with your your squad?" He's going to say yes. He's not going to say no and end up the yeah. Scott Parker treatment. He's not. That's not going to work. So what can he say? But the, I mean, you can't hey, tell what, me. Wasn't he? I think he's close to saying he's not happy because yeah. you can tell. Oh no, yeah. I mean, it's it's obvious to see what's going on, but. 
again, you you bought a player in Robbie Matondo. Now, the rumours was at the start of yesterday that it was a disciplinary issue, it wasn't the squad, but no, reports says he isn't injured, so why is he not in the squad? You've spent two million on a right winger and you're playing Scott Arfield there. It's, the reality is that squad's weaker than the last season's squad. Yeah. It's not It's not just that it's weaker, it's the same squad pretty much from three years ago. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's not, I mean it must be worrying if you go to Park Keg and not, not have a a decent shot goal the whole game. I mean, I was having a a conversation, and it was a conversation with a kind of Rangers fan other week, and I was asking them a question, but is it not concerning if you, you went to Park Keg and it was 4-0 going on about 8-0, and they said, well, these things happen, and I'm like, well, not 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 really, you know, you know, um, to, you know but yeah, <laughs> it's a one, and and it's as you pointed out, Rangers are closer to Celtic than they were on Friday. But you've also got this thing of right, where what's next? Because we speak, we're we're hearing about obviously Suter's out long term, Hollander's out long term. We knew that. We knew we knew that when John Suter signed, no disrespect. John Suter's a good defender, but I think he's done both knees, and I think he's tore his Achilles. I mean, if he's not injury prone, then. What is he? Like, do you know what I mean? Like he's you're you're taking a gamble on a talented guy, but you've also need to remember the fact is, right, wait a minute. You you're signing injury prone players and then you're bringing in the likes of Rabbi Matondo, Ben Davis, for example. Now Ben Davis could have easily played half an hour yesterday. Now I'm not saying Ben why's Ben Davis been signed if he's not gonna come in? Now he's sitting on the bench. He's, if you're good enough to make the bench, you must be good enough to make the, the start eleven. Yeah. Now injuries can play a part. So what's the? I just don't understand what's going on. And I think as well, Scott. Sorry, because I, I think as well that the international breaks came at uh, bought. Maybe maybe this is a bit of a controversial comment that I'm going to say, but the international break has maybe came at the right time for Van Bronckhorst well, to buy him a back time. Yes, absolutely has, and that's the that's the thing as well. Wait, what happens after that? If you come out, Rangers' first game's away to Hearts. If you don't win that game, what what happens? Where do you... <coughs> because the fans are unhappy. And the fans are unhappy at not just the way the team are playing, they're unhappy at the board. Now, if the board then... If it becomes a stage where Van Bronckhorst and borrow time, and I, I don't think it will get to that. I think it'll be a wee while before that really ha- that does get to that stage. But the board have brought in... That's it. This board won't, can't just say, right, we'll get rid of the manager and everything will be okay. Yeah. It's the board that are receiving a lot of the blame. So, what happens there? It's a tough one. It's I think the international breaks came, came at a perfect time for Rangers, not just for the fact that for injuries and things like that, but it's time to kind of spend a couple of weeks with the players that aren't on international duty and actually get a system that not only gets results, but excites the support a wee bit because. They were, they were okay against Napoli. They weren't terrible the first half. The red card obviously made it very difficult for Rangers to get anything out of it, but the Napoli obviously showed their class. But Rangers can take a bit of confidence in the fact that they, they actually stood up to Napoli for the first 45 minutes. But, yeah, Rangers obviously getting a big win, and now they're two points behind Celtic at the top of the league. One team that did pick up a big win were Hibs, a 3-1 home win over Aberdeen. Greg, let's come to you for that. I know you're eager to talk about Hibs. Um, Hibs obviously one nil down after four minutes. Duke with a, a really nice goal actually, but the red card changed the game. 
uh, Liam Scales getting a red card and then Hibs showing their advantage with they played some really good stuff actually and they were really really impressive the second half but Greg talk me through the game talk me through your opinion of Hibs so far this season really difficult um, it's fine fine lines in football and we're now what midway through September and I'm sitting here thinking to myself I cannot believe how much good fortune this Hibs side have had this season the Hibs fans will be shouting at their TVs their screens their phones at the moment but when you look through the season so far, they've played seven matches. They've only played against 11 men for the full 90 minutes in three of those games. Now, don't get me wrong, that's not Hibs' fault. Yeah. But they've had four matches where there's been a player sent off. St Johnston, Rangers, Kilmarnock and Aberdeen on Saturday. Now, by all accounts, Hibs actually played pretty well in that first half. However, as Jim Goodwin's obviously been saying in, the, in interviews yesterday and today, a minute before half-time, penalties given, man sent off. If Hibs go in at 1-0 down on Saturday, 1-0 down, I don't think they win that game. And looking through the season as well, fine lines in, in their matches, lots of late goals, and you could argue that that's great, they've got a fine spirit. But I just think they've had a lot of breaks this season, Hibs, and it's come at a great time for them as well. They're bringing players back in, they're starting to play a little bit better. So I think Lee Johnson has flattered to deceive a little bit, but that said, massive, massive win for Hibs. They beat Kilmarnock last time out as well, 1-0. Back-to-back home wins into the international break. I think Hibs fans will be pretty chuffed. But if you dig a little bit deeper, it's not it's not been playing sale for Hibs at all this season so far. They've had a lot of break and a lot of rubber the green. Yeah, and they've not had a good start as well. And I mean, they were out of the Premier Sports Cup. They they have actually come on to a game in the past couple of weeks. But as you, I do agree with you. I think they've been very, very lucky. But... Jim Goodwin is a man who feels he was very unlucky over uh, in Saturday's performance. And I want to just read a quote, Michael, that Jim Goodwin says, and I don't usually do this, but I'm going to hear because I thought it was quite interesting. You will all, you are always worried who is mark, marking Ryan Porteous because you know what he's like. He's won so many free kicks and penalties for his conning of the referee. He goes over very easy. Michael, do you agree with that comment he made on Saturday? <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, I mean, I'll come back to what Jim Goodwin said in a minute, and I'm think I'm, I think that he will get pulled up against the beaks for that comment, and that's so unfair. I think Ryan Poitiers, I, I might upset Greg here, but like, I think Ryan Poitiers is a very overrated football player, um, and I know what we're going to touch up on the Scotland squad later on but and Greg might um I know you've only met me for five minutes but you might hate me now. I don't know why he's in that Scotland squad to, to be no, honest. I, I'm with you mate, I agree. Um but going back to Goodwin's comments, uh look look the penalty whether you think it was a penalty or not, I mean I still I still think it's kind of it should be I think it's tough and new, and I do no, not not new. I think it's tough in scales because he's doing something that you do all the time. That's what you do in the box when you're trying to obviously defend a corner. Porteous does go down rather easily, but again, you're giving the referee a decision to make. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's tough for scales. I think he's unlucky to be sent off, but again, he's on a yellow. Should he know better? Yes, he probably should, but I think. Oh, you've got. Uh, Scott, it's the fact that it's Porteous who is becoming a bit of a um, 
clown of Scottish football with a lot of stuff. And it's Jim Goodwin, who, let's be honest, Jim Goodwin was a master of the dark arts of defending. So I think it, the fact that it's those two people as well yeah. makes us a bit more um, feisty than it probably would be under almost circumstances. But I mean, I mean, I, yes and no, but like, if you were talking about that the quote that Scott Reggett then um that the comment that's on Terry Rhythm. I hope he doesn't get pulled up, but I think of all by by because we all know by SFA very kinda um kinda com um you know uh what what's the word I'm looking for protective of of, of the big at the SFA it's yeah. well, don't say anything bad against him. But the ref can make a horrible mistake and have a horrible game, yet they're not really come out and explain the situation. Uh, it's funny because I was saying on the show today that, remember, years ago, we, we used to wait until Wednesday before they came out on that stupid website to see how, how, they, how they came to that decision. Mm -hmm. But yeah. You know, you, you, you actually forget about the game at the weekend and you're looking forward to to the next week's game, but the SFA seems to do things a bit back of front. So I I don't think Jim Goodwin would be would be hopefully not punished by it, but then again you're not surprised. <laughs> I think for Jim Goodwin as well, he's obviously got a massive job at Aberdeen, a lot of expectations, and it's probably for him quite an easy deflection tactic to blame it on the referee and that, that incident. I can totally get where he's coming from, Jim Goodwin, but at the same time, it's quite easy for him to appease Aberdeen fans by saying, listen, we've been done by an uh, unfortunate refereeing decision that's totally changed the shape of the game. Yeah, and that's fair, but you can't argue that Habs were the far better team. No, absolutely. Deserve to win the game. But one player I want to touch on with you, Greg, is Josh Campbell. I think the past few weeks he's come on to a massive game, a double again on Saturday. I think he's, he's beginning to look a real good kind of addition. Not... Obviously, he's came through a youth team, but he's he's looking a real fine for for Lee Johnson, and he's beginning to kind of play him in the position. I think he knows. I think that was a problem maybe last season when he was kind of breaking in that he wasn't. It was kind of played sometimes out of position, but he seems to have found his feet the past couple of games. I would say he has. I think that's always been the problem for him is finding the who that might who the two should be playing that middle yeah. of that part, and the fact that him and Neil probably compliments him quite a lot as well. So I think the two of them had a really good game yesterday. And I think Lee Johnson will be delighted to go into an international break off the back of a really good win against Aberdeen. And some of the players start to improve. Plus, he's probably got players coming back from injury as well. I think Hibbs did have quite a significant injury list at the start of the season. And that will soon clear up as well. So they're going to go into the next part of the season really strong in terms of their squad and in a good place. I think they will, yeah. I think they'll be, they'll be delighted to have that. One team that are in a good position going into the international break are Livingston. A 1-0 win against Kilmarnock on Saturday, Michael. Massive win. It puts them to fifth in the league joint uh, level with St Mirren. A really, really good performance from Livingston. A really impressive display. We'll touch about Kilmarnock in a second. I want to speak about Kilmarnock myself, but Livingston were very comfortable. And again, it just shows this amazing start that David Martindale has done again. Yeah, I was, I was thinking, I was thinking about this again. Like, every time... A new manager's job's coming up, like Dungy Nike's looking for a manager. We always speak about other managers, but we don't look at David Martindale and the, the budget that he's on as well. I think he could go to 
hopefully if any, but any Livingston fans watching, they're not getting upset with me, but I think he, he, he could go to a high, high, higher level and with more of a budget. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, Scott, but Livingston reminds me of um, Ross County or even Hamilton because like, no matter if, if the game was at home or away, you always guarantee a, a, a difficult game and you've got to work for your three points as well. I thought uh, Alan Forrest would be a big loss for Livingston last season. Um, but obviously not. <laughs> you know, they're, they're a good hard-working team at Livingston, especially at that, uh, um, the Aska Cuff Park and another good th- uh, three points for Livingston, yes, Kiki? Absolutely. Greg, would you agree? A massive three points for Livingston, but on the other side of that, Kilmarnock really lacking much this season so far. They're, I think that I've looked at their, their results so far, and this was a team I was tapping for top six. And I mean, Wilson, who's obviously been on the show a lot, as we were both saying, we think Kilmarnock could be the team to watch. But right now, they're one win in seven games, and I heard booze for Derek McKinnon since Saturday. I don't know if they're aimed at him, I just think they're aimed at how poor they've been the whole season and the particular the front men. Yeah, I think remember Kamara came up pretty unconvincingly. They they got the job done last season. I wasn't really expecting much from them this year. I thought they'd maybe probably stay up and they might very well do that. But as you say, scoring goals is a is a problem for them. What, three goals in seven games? Yeah. Even St Johnston have scored more than that and that's saying something. Johnson um, scored more than that in one game, I think. That's right. So <laughs> Very disappointing start. They did have a tough start to the season, Kilmarnock. They played Rangers, they played Celtic, um, they played Hearts. They played Hearts. They've had a tough start to the season anyway, but yeah. going away to Livingston, those are the sort of games away from home. You're really looking to pick up at least a point. Yes. And it's the fact that they've not scored a goal and they've not picked up any points. That's what will really probably irate um, Kilmarnock fans. I think they're obviously very happy to have Derek McInnes there. I don't think anyone's disputing that but they're going to have to start scoring goals and picking up points and it's been a real issue for them I don't know how they solve that but they might have a run of games coming up where at home against sides in that bottom six they might start picking points up they're going to have to and that's yeah. I'm just looking at their fixtures I mean they go to Aberdeen next and then they've got home to Hearts and away to St Marin. I mean these are three teams that I mean if you don't get a one out of those three games, I think you you look at your under a sugarly peg. And I'm not saying I'm not saying McInnes is going to get be in a position his job's under threat, but he's not. But he could have really done with the game last weekend against St Johnson being on. Yeah, I think he could have. Yeah, something from. Yeah, and it's a tough one because, as you say, you're going to Aberdeen. You've got Hearts at home. They're two games that I mean, yeah. I'm not exactly same with Kilmarnock in both those games right now, but. Again, it goes to why, if you're really lacking goals, was Christian Doyle the right guy to bring in in the summer? Just on, um, just on Livingston, I think I owe them a bit of an apology. I had Livingston to finish in the bottom two, purely based on the price. I'm a 4-1 to finish in the bottom two this season. And that, 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 could, that could still happen. But they're, what, 11 points ahead of United now? What are they on points-wise? They're on 12. Yeah, they're 10 points ahead of the United. 10 points yeah. of the season is massive. To have a 10-point gap between that and bottom, and let's be honest, Livingston's expectations every season is to stay like, up. Stay up yes. and temp- so, job done for them. A fantastic start to the season so far. Absolutely fantastic start for the, uh, for Livingston. Kilmarnock, I think they will need to get their, their ideas 
really quickly. Final game of the weekend in the Premiership was a, a 0-0 draw. Greg, St Johnson 0, Ross County 0. St Johnson, can I say that it's fair that St Johnson 15 shots, one in target, that they did everything but score? Yeah, pretty much. I've been to most of their games this season. I wasn't there yesterday, unfortunately. But that's another sort of one of those games where you're expecting, hoping to pick up three points. I'm not saying it's two points dropped, but at home against a fellow bottom six side, you would say in Ross County, pretty disappointing not to pick up the three points. But that said, four points at the last two. And I earmarked the last four games as four really crucial games for Callum Davidson. We've been sitting in, which is great. And that eased the pressure on him. Picked up a point yesterday. With men, we then had Kilmarnock to play. It was called off. And then Dungeon United mm-hmm. um, at the national break. So definitely a, lot, a much better place than we were um, two or three weeks ago. But I would say still disappointing at home um, not to pick up the win. Michael, St. Johnson now, Ross County now, two teams probably that just couldn't find the net. And it's, I think it's that simple. I think they both created chances. But when it gets to putting them away, they just struggled. I think that's why that's why they have gave a Watson Watson last night that that was the last game um or of a um very disappointing game to be honest with you. but like um I was away in Holligan I came back and I didn't know that Nicky Clark thing for St Johnson but I think like um maybe this is going to be a bold statement but um I think that's the the difference that um St Johnson will say Nicky Clark and. I think St. Johnson will um, make the top six this season because Mickey Clark scored, well, he scored goals on his debut, what was it, 25 minutes in, and he scored, he scored the first goal at home. So I think that's the difference of uh, St. Johnson being in trouble this season and, and skin up as Mickey Clark. But in saying that, I think it will be a big miss for Down D United as well. Greg, what do you think of Nicky Clark coming in? You, is it a signing? Because I think Nicky Clark, I think the, we've always thought about Nicky Clark as a goal scorer. He, he, he can score goals, but I wouldn't say, one thing about Nicky Clark, I wouldn't say it, he's not going to come in and score you 25 goals a season. He's going to play a key part in the strike, the strike force, he really is, but he's not that guy to get you that many goals, I would say. No, he's not. He's more like a Stephen um, McLean sort of player. He'll more yes, link up. I think and, that's fair. And having seen him play against them two weeks ago, he started off really well, scored in his debut. I think we've got a good enough squad there to, to, to stay up anyway. Yeah. Uh, I like the optimism about us finishing top six. I don't think we will. I think we'll stay up. But he's definitely someone... We need someone to try and score goals and link up the play. And I think he's been a good addition so far. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's been a, a really kind of good weekend again for, for the Premiership. A lot of goals. But we'll move into the Championship quickly. We'll touch on the five results. And we'll just ask you both for a result for the weekend for the three leagues. Dundee 2, Inverness 3, Morton 1, Arbroath 2, Hamilton 0, Queen's Park 2, Partick 2, Cove 2 and Wraith 3, Air 2. Greg, certainly a goal, uh, goal fest uh, over 2.5 would have been good at the weekend in the Championship, I would say, apart from one game. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a tough league, the Championship. Yes. It really nothing between the sides. I wouldn't say it's a great league in terms of the teams that are in it. There's no really any outstanding candidate. Dundee are struggling. Um, part of this will be disappointed to have blown a two-goal lead at home. Mm-hmm. That was a bad one for them. They're still top of the league, though. Um, is this Ayr's run finished now, maybe? First defeat of the season. I think for me, you have to see Ray Trovers at home to Ayr. To win 3-2 for them. Yeah, uh, was massive. A... Massive. Michael, give us a result of the weekend in the Championship. 
It would have to be the uh, the the Covener though. I, I did get to that coming. Uh, did you see it against Packet Thistle, Scott? Uh, yeah, they were 2-0 down to Partick Thistle and with 10 minutes to go and Mark Reynolds were double to get two goals back for Cove. So, yeah, that's the point for Cove. Away from home as well because that was at Fahill as well. Um, yeah, a lot of goals this weekend but yeah, that would be my result of the weekend, yeah. I am going to give a result of the weekend to my good friend Dick Campbell for his our growth team getting their first result of the season. I know it was badly needed. I think they were obviously after their miraculous performance last season I think they needed a win badly and it's a massive result going to Morton 1-2-1 so I'm going to give it to Arbroath we'll go into League 1 Airdrie 5 Clyde 0 Alloa 2 Montrose 1 Dunfermline 1 Falkirk 1 Peterhead 2 Kelty Hearts 1 and Queen of the South 4 FC Edinburgh 1 Greg gives a result of the weekend in the League 1 only one winner in Scottish football this weekend and that is Peterhead mm. Peterhead 2 Kelly Hearts won their first victory of the season with 10 men as well. It's been a horrible start to the season for Peterhead. It really has. 10 games, 11 games played, 9 defeats, 1 draw, and they finally got a win on the board. Uh, some good wins as well though, in that league for Alloa, who are ticking on nicely now. Doing well at home as well. And obviously every uh, battering Clyde 5-0. And yeah, a big I... one is South. Willie Gibson needed that result. Yeah. Yeah, he was under pressure as well after a really tricky start to the season. So some big wins in that league this week. I think that's a, that's a very open league as well. You've got four points between first and six. And as you say, Queen of the South beating Edinburgh. Edinburgh have been a really good start as well for them to get a win's massive. Michael gives a League One result. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be a, it's got to be that Airdrie uh, one as well. No, no, you saw that one coming. Um, can I just can I just say very quickly, Scott, about like um, and I rant about this every week on on my show as well. But it's because a pity that we don't see the lower league games on the Terry apart from Friday night, and the Friday night game wasn't on because of you know um, not, stuff nothing to do with football, but. I just think it's a, a total shame. But in saying that, you, you've got Mounds a highlight for English Football Championship and, and a Saturday night. And, you know, um, yeah, don't get me scared on that, but I, I do get really annoyed about that. <laughs> no, it's a great point, Michael. I, I totally agree. I, I don't know how difficult it can be to just produce a quick 15-minute highlight show yeah. of all the goals in the bottom three leagues. I don't know how that's not happening. Yeah, I totally agree. I've been an advocate of that for a while. I think you can say, I think, a game in a, maybe a, a Monday night or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, just something. Just a, a game in BBC Scotland every Monday, I would say. Just make it a, a lower league night. Make it enjoyable. But League 2, Albion 0, 4 for 2, Annan 2, East 5, 2, Dumbarton 1, Bonnyrigg 0, Stenhouse Muir 3, Elgin 3, and Stirling 4, Stranraer 1. We have to start with Dumbarton, who are now 10 points clear after seven games. And I'm going to make a wee announcement. Dumbarton manager Stevie Farrell will be our special guest on next week's show. So that's definitely a show for Dumbarton fans to tune into. But Greg, I mean, Dumbarton are as well just handing the trophy. Now it's over. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely fantastic. Got a result for them against the side who you could argue would be their main challengers possibly this season. Yeah. But oh, that, to be only in the middle of September and be 10 points clear at this stage of the season... That's better than Queen's Park two seasons ago. It's better than Kelly last season. Um, a tremendous start to the season for them and a bit unexpected. I would, I would say. say a bit unexpected. I thought that league was going to be the most open league out of the three. Like, I really did. <laughs> like, I thought the, I thought there was five or six teams could easily win that and now it looks yeah. like a one-horse race. But 
Michael, again, give us a result in League Two, but it's hard to see past how well Dumbarton have started. Yeah, no, Dumbarton's going well. Um, Just when you guys were talking about that there, I'm thinking, well, yeah, it would be nice to see Dumbarton up there um, in the Championship because they've actually got a nice wee ski game if they actually fill on the other Mm -hmm. other sides because I think they've only got one one scanned at the moment. Yeah. Um, and, and both sets of fans going on there. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dumbarton's going well, and you always like to see kind of like smaller teams going well. Uh, that, that's why everybody was uh, a, bit, uh, a bit gutted that a bluff number came up last season. Yeah, and I think as well, I mean, we'll have to give a word out to Stirling Albion as well, good friend of the show, Charlie Richmond, obviously, will be delighted to be talking about Stirling, but they're sitting second in the league, a big 4 1 1 over Strad Another exciting weekend in the, the SPFL. Obviously, the leagues are going to go on holiday for a week while we do the Scotland are in action. Greg, three big games. Home to Ukraine, away, home to Republic Island and away to Ukraine. Nine points. How many points will Scotland pick up in those three games? Oh, do you know what? I really don't know. I'm actually going to all three games. I'm going to Poland next week to oh, watch yeah. us Poland. That should help us. Not playing in Ukraine, so neutral venue, but Ukraine is still a very, very good side. I'd love <coughs> Ireland on Saturday. I think um, to beat them at home would be great. I think we will. They've improved a little bit. They were going through a horrible time, Ireland. Yeah. Horrible, horrible time. Improved a little bit, but again, a really tough game on Wednesday at home against Ukraine. So I'd like to say five points. We won't get beat. Five points would be, would be a good return. Michael, what do you think? We'll, we'll touch on the squad just quickly after we ask your results, but what do you think of the three games? It's three tough games, and it's I think there's a lot riding in this Ireland game because I do not think that Ireland were, were that much better than Scotland. I think that result was a, a shocking result to me. I just didn't see that coming any time, but this is a massive chance for Scotland to really show that they're far better than what they've shown recently. I mean, I just think that, that the first game in Ireland, Scott, I mean, you can you can match up any way you want, but I, I thought um, Ireland were good, yeah, but they weren't that good. I just think Scotland were poor for the whole game. Um, I'm expecting maybe seven points out of the next three games if we can um, pick up a point against Ukraine away from home. Um, but it's, it's a must win game for the next two games at, at home. Uh, not nothing other than six points at home. I would be quite, quite happy, but you can never tell with the Scotland's sake. No, you certainly can't, and I think the squad's a very interesting one. We're just going to wrap up shortly, but the squad was weird, and I'm going to say why. The you mentioned there about Ryan Porteous. I don't think just Ryan Porteous was a weird one. I think the fact that the striking position is one that concerns me. Che Adams is not a guy who's in good form and Lyndon Dykes is a guy certainly not in form, I think. I want to say that he's not scored in the, his last 21 games or something. Yeah, something like that, yeah. That is not good and he's probably going to be the, the man leading the line in the... I guess not. Certainly the first one. Mark sticks with what he knows. He sticks with yeah. boys. Room for him. So regardless of club-level performances for C.B. Clark, I don't think he cares and he clearly doesn't care. But is that not a bad thing? Is that not? I, I think it is. But I think he's a bit stubborn that way and he'll always go back to players that have done a job for him. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of glaring misses for me. I thought if, if Ross Stewart isn't injured, why is he not in it? Because he's been ripping up the championship. 
Yeah. You've got a couple of Jacob Brown. I just haven't seen anything to suggest that he's Scotland class. And you mentioned that defensive position now. Ryan Portis, I've said for years, I think Ryan Portis is a really good player. Do I think he's can be trusted in a Scotland jersey? No, sorry, I can't have him. And Hibs fans, for me, he's a solid SPFL Scottish Premiership defender, but he's not an international player. Not, right now, not now. A couple of years ago he was, but now I'm just thinking, is that I would really scrape in the barrel? But I just think there's that these are massive games. These are probably the that this is how you got this is how you got to a major tournament in yeah. in the Euros. This is where you need to kinda this is where you need to be. And this is where you, you need to be winning these games, Michael. And your thoughts in the Scotland squad when it was announced? Was it as worried as I was? Yeah, because if you're Grant Hanley, you know, no disrespect to Grant Hanley, but he's assuring every time to get in that squad. And I don't know why, personally speaking, uh, I, I don't rate uh, kind of like Grant Hanley. Um, going to Jacob Brown, hitting a miss. I mean, I hardly watch Scott City play football, so I don't really know much about the guy. A big shout out to Greg Taylor. I mean, you know, last time last season, Celtic fans didn't care if he was he was going. Um, you know, but um, uh, you know, apart from today, yeah, he's holding it. So he's holding its own in, in the Celtic um, position. And um, you know, I, I think he's I think he's made it. Uh, a call up. Um, right? Yeah. Um, another one, Scott McKenna, for me. Um, you know, a safe bet as well. Um, but as, as Craig was saying that, you know, you know, no matter who who the Scotland managers, they've always got their favourites. I think Gorgon Scracken had his favourites as well. But you always got to get that way in international football. But in saying that, hopefully they they'll do well. Um, but yeah, we, we'll wait and see. <laughs> yeah, we'll wait and see. It's going to be a very interesting week from a Scotland perspective. We will be back next Sunday. We will do a wee Scotland review, and obviously we'll be we'll have Stevie Farrow on the show talking about all things Dumbarton. Greg, it's been a pleasure to welcome you on the show. Thanks for coming on. No, thanks for having me, guys. Enjoyed it. Really good. An absolute pleasure. And Michael, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for coming on as well. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for inviting me, Scott. Pleasure. Thank you very much, everyone that's tuned in. Please join us on the next episode of the Scottish Football Show. And for all Scottish football news, please follow our social media channels. Thanks very much, everyone, and please subscribe to our channel. Cheers. Cheers, guys.